All right, you may be seated. Getting your squats in tonight, huh? Up and down, up and down. You know, like traditional lessons and carols has like a lot more songs in scripture reading. So you're welcome. Um, hey, so uh, according to, to Christianity, uh, there's this there's this deep order and logic to the whole of creation. And, and human beings are a part of that. This is the teaching of scripture that even within our DNA, we're a part of that deep flow, that deep logic and, and like we just read, even the stars know about it, even the trees know about it, even the birds, that the best way that everything works, the way to be in sync with creation, even in sync with who you are, to be eternally in line is to be eternally in line with your creator. That's what it means to have wisdom. Um, wisdom is more than just about knowing things. And you guys know this, we're, we're going to, as we move on into the future, we're going to know more and more and more stuff. And like Google can't tell you how to use that knowledge, but it can give you a bunch of knowledge. And what uh, the scripture has been showing you th- this evening um, is, is something that uh, you can't learn from technology. You really can't learn from a pastor. Um, but it's actually a, a gift. Wisdom is a gift that comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And what I want you to see tonight, um, beyond what uh, I can speak to you, what I want you to see in Scripture is that all of that culminates in Jesus Christ. Like the wisdom, the joy, and the kingship culminates in this baby boy um, born of Mary. And so this is what this passage is about. And I'm going to read that to you. It's our practice here after we read scripture to sit in silence for a few moments, maybe uh, a little bit longer than some of you are comfortable with. And that's what I'm going for. Um, and what, what I want you to ask in, the, in that moment, even if you're unfamiliar with praying, is that God would reveal himself to us tonight. Um, And so this is God's word to you tonight from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, after Jesse was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, and that word originally is magi or magicians from the east, came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star When it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it's written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Hey, kids, kids right now, do you think that Herod was being honest right there? Do you think he wanted to go worship Jesus? No, he wanted to hurt him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And this is the verse I want us to focus on tonight. 
when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's spend some moments in silence and we're going to pray that God would reveal himself to us tonight. Lord, it is wonderful to be in the presence of your image bearers. The beauty and dignity that each person holds within this room is a reflection of your beauty and your dignity and your wisdom. And so, Lord, help us to know that joy. Help us to know what it means to turn to you, to to have a human soul turn towards God as a, a gift that you call us towards. Help us to know what that that is like. Help us to know that rest. Help us to know that you have created us um, to be in union with you. And so, Lord, teach us what the stars know. Teach us what creation knows. And help us, Lord, by the power of your spirit to know that it all culminates in your incarnation. So come, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. I was asked the, uh, the dreaded question this past week by one of my children, is Santa real? And uh, Google says yes. Good, like on the top 10, they, you know, the top 10 searches for Google is Santa real. Yes, yes, yes. But um, I don't like the question. And I, uh, I answered uh, it like I always do with questions like that. I was like, well, what do you mean by real? And they, uh, my child said some sort of scientific method, Western provable thing um, that we often equate with reality here in the West. And so I pushed it a little further and I said, okay, okay, what is it? What is it like? What's it like when you wake up on Christmas morning? We're all about to do it, right? Um, And they said, well, it's the best thing ever. I was like, well, is it, is it just because you're getting a bunch of stuff? Is it because you're getting a bunch of presents? There? No, no, it's, it's how the house looks. It's how, it's how the house smells. It's, it's because we're all, we're all together, the joy and the excitement. And so I asked, well, is that, is that real? The joy. Because it's hard, kind of hard to prove that that exists. And I think what children experience on Christmas morning is more in line with what the Magi experienced when the star became in line with where the child was born. And they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, verse 10. And I think part of what Christianity is meant to evoke in the heart of a human being is that what what if that is more real than our normal mundane reality? What if that's the true truth? The, The Christmas morning you know, thing that's hard to prove. Um, there's a, there's an author, a modern author named uh, George Saunders 
He said, you, you know that feeling that you have with somebody that you deeply love and you have a moment at the airport uh, when you have to leave each other's presence and it's a hug and, and it's like the, it's almost, he said, it's almost like that moment where it's like, I barely even scratched the surface of getting to know all that you are as a person. You feel it at the airport. And he said this that I thought was very, very insightful. He said, when we are in that exalted state of be- being, and he said, highly tenderized to the people that we care about. What if that is more real than the habitual state of taking everything for granted? And he said, I'm guessing if there's a heaven, it's the airport feeling times a thousand. And he goes on to say that when we are in that state of focus, what what happens is that the idea of the self, yourself drops away and you, you stop being central to your narrative of the world. You kind of forget about yourself for a second. Now, I don't have a clue if George Saunders uh, would claim to be a Christian or not, but that's exactly what this child, Jesus Christ, evokes out of people. And you see it with these wise men. Where there's this vulnerable, tenderized version of the self that gets knocked open when you see him. And then you begin to give your best attention and your best stuff away. You lay it down at his feet. And what I think part, part of what Christmas is teaching us is that what if that is the deeper reality to what's coming for you and what's coming for the whole world? That the, star, the stars know it. And we're just getting in touch with what all of creation is. The story of Christmas is that this wise king would bring that kind of joy and excitement back into the world when human beings are in right relationship with each other and and with God. That's when things get perfectly aligned. And when we see that this is true, what happens with all of us is what verse 10 is explaining, that we can also rejoice exceedingly with great joy when we experience that sort of alignment with our Creator. We worship and we offer our best stuff like these astrologers from the East. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot of talk on who these folks actually were. Uh, A lot of times uh, people say that it was only three, but it doesn't actually say three people in the text. It's just three gifts. And so a lot of uh, modern scholarship thinks that this is is like a caravan of what we would classify as like astrologers or people who... uh, meddled in the magical arts uh, from the East. And they were important because kings at the time like Herod uh, consulted with them with very important matters like other kings in the land. And what, uh, what Matthew is going to show throughout his gospel is that Jesus is the king. This is what we've been learning of the past few months. But in Jewish, in Jewish history, the, the Jewish king was always associated with wisdom the deep logic of the world, the deep order of the world. And what, what he's showing here, Matthew, is that there's a contrast between baby Jesus and Herod. Herod is the foolish king who is violent. And Jesus is wisdom incarnate, bringing peace and discernment and calmness back into the world. And even when kings of the earth are in power and they try to snuff it out and set up their own kingdom... There's a deeper magic at play, as C.S. Lewis calls it, a deeper logic. 
And, and it, it shows that evil can't win. Evil can't manipulate it. To try and control Jesus only, only works the gospel more into the fabric of the universe. And when we see the true king, our very bodies and souls know this in the right way, the congruence of all things. We can't help but direct all of our attention to it and give our best offerings to him. And that's what Jesus evokes with these astrologers. And so they open up their treasure boxes, which is what the Greek says. They have treasure boxes and they offer him their undiluted gifts, their best stuff from where they're from. This is where the the tradition, you may wonder, where, where do we get the tradition of gift giving? It's right here in this text. This is where it comes from. And it's the original idea of a of a tithe. Now, I intentionally didn't, uh, didn't want to do a tithe because I wanted to say this to you uh, tonight. The idea of a tithe is more than about money. The idea of a tithe is when a human being turns towards God and says, you get all of my best stuff because you are where all of it comes from. And so I consecrate to you my firstborn. I consecrate to you my most alert attention. I consecrate to you the best stuff from my region because you're the, you're the king where it all comes from and here's the best stuff so that I remember where it all comes from, that my very existence is a gift. One of the um, things that we try to tell ourselves in our home, and I need to know this more than our children, but one of the things that we say is that the only reason we have things is to give them away. Christmas is great because it's the opposite of hoarding, where you relearn again that it actually is better to to give than to receive. And again, children, you see this, you know, when your children receive the gifts that you you give them. And so this is what um, this is what the astrologers are doing with Jesus. They give him gold and frankincense and myrrh. I was at Costco the other day buying some vanilla extract and uh, like you do. And um, I accidentally knocked a a bottle off and it like went everywhere, like all the vanilla extract. And so I went and got a a Costco worker and then I had to go back to the aisle of shame and sit there. And like as people were walking by, I was like hanging my head low and I'm like, I'm so sorry. It was me and I'm sorry. Um, and no kidding, every, sing- every single person that walked by, they're like, oh, that's okay. It smells amazing, you know? Um, and then the Costco worker got there and I was like, man, I am so very sorry. And he's like, oh, it's okay. It's like, this is a great spill. It smells amazing. Um, and I, you know, I was thinking about these, these spices here. If, like, if Costco, after <laughs> a resource in our world is processed and, and it travels and gets into Costco in Lincoln, Nebraska, still smells amazing. Um, this is like the heart of where frankincense and myrrh come from, undiluted. This is good, good material. This is good resources that these, these folks are laying at Jesus' feet. And in the ancient world, this stuff was so precious that, you know, they didn't have running water. So people didn't smell good. So oils and stuff like this were were like delicacies and only people in power had access to stuff like this. And these these magi are like, this is what the true king gets. 
He gets the best stuff from our region. He gets the best stuff that we can get access to. And I was thinking about, you know, what, what would we give him in Nebraska? It'd be like, you know, Runza's, Fairberries, you know, Dorothy Lynch, like here, you know, our offering. Um, and, hey, don't be hating on Runza. Runza is uh, the best fry in town, and I will debate anybody in here about that. <laughs> but look, like when you're in the presence of royalty, when you're, when you're in the presence of greatness, you give, you give that royalty your best stuff. And this is what golden, uh, or frankincense and myrrh were to the ancient world. And, and gold, I mean, gold is timeless. It captures the human eyes and hearts, right? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell one more name-droppy story, and then we're actually going to close up. Um, my sister-in-law... Uh, played on tour with a rock and roll artist named Jack White. And Jack Jack White, uh, she said everywhere he went, all the attention of the room went directly at Jack because he he had this aura about him. She said, until we went to this party in New York. And she, she said, I had never, ever seen Jack dwarfed in a room until we went to Jay Z's party. And Jay-Z apparently was sitting on like a throne drinking out of a golden goblet. <laughs> now, here's, here's the deal. Here's why I tell you that. In each age, we have these symbols of what's important to us. And the important people have the important stuff. And we can think that we can make it ourselves and, and conjure it up. Or if we're fortunate enough to get invited to parties like that, you know, we think we're close to greatness But the whole creation knows who the true king is. Your DNA knows it. And when Jesus comes, you know, this this first entry of Jesus into the world was in humility. You, You know, myrrh was a spice that you gave to people who were about to be buried which would have been very confusing to Joseph and Mary, right? And so his first entry into the world was in humility. But up to this point, you know, Jesus's uh, entry into the world was very, very dangerous. And he had to receive these gifts secretly so that he wouldn't be killed by Herod, like all the rest of the boys in, in, in around that time. And here's the whole point of Christmas. Uh, we live in between his first coming and his second coming. And when Jesus comes again, This is what Christians are to be in the world. When Jesus comes again, he's going to come in glory. And what that means, y'all, is that he's going to put everything back to the way that it should be. Which is you and me included. He will come in vengeance. So that whatever is in me that isn't in line with him will get knocked off. And the Christian... The Christian is to say, come, come, come and put it right. And what you see in Revelation, which Andrew is about to read, this is the beauty, the, the very beautiful part that nations will bring their best stuff to him, but it'll be in plain sight and it won't be in secret. And everybody will know that this is where it all needs to be directed. So, so much so that the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is the light 
There is no light. He is the light. He is light itself. Now, here's what I want you to think about as you rest tonight um, and you anticipate the morning. Know that the human soul most desperately longs for his return. That that's what you want. Deeper than all the things that you think you want. That his presence is your rest. It is your peace. See those pictures of the stars? It's you getting in that star, knowing what the stars know in Jesus Christ. That is the eternal wisdom that has come into this world. That the gospel of Jesus' first coming was only the very beginning of the, go- of the goodness that's going to com- culminate at the end of the world. And so the task is to wait with hope and rejoice exceedingly with joy as we offer each other gifts. You know, offering gifts is a big part of that. And the promise is that he's going to bless us in every way we've been cursed and he's going to fill up everything that's lacking so that we can rest. We can rest in the present moment. He has come and he'll come again. Merry Christmas. We are uh, going to do another reading and a couple more songs. And um, what I want you to pay attention to in this Revelation reading is this is how the testimony of Christianity says that the world will end. And then we're going to sing Silent Night. During Silent Night, we uh, will have a candle lighting and then we'll end with Joy to the World. After Joy to the World is done, you guys are welcome to leave. And I hope that you have a Merry Christmas. If uh, you are around tomorrow um, and you would like to uh, come to worship, we welcome you. You can come in your pajamas if you want. Um, Children, we're going to have donuts and coffee for you and for the adults as well. And we're going to read through the Gospel of Luke story. You're going to help me with that. You're going to help me preach the sermon tomorrow, by the way. So uh, let's, let's pray, and then uh, we'll have one more reading and sing some songs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. And we ask, Lord, that we would be uh, in alignment with you. And that as we anticipate your return, um, would you help us to know that this is what we want most of all. And the, the moments of anticipation, the presence, the joy that we receive uh, tonight and tomorrow morning is a small window of what's to come. And so would you teach us that by the power of the Holy Spirit? In Christ's name, amen. So we're going to sing, Oh, come on, you faithful.